This is Pastor Steve Lance. Thank you for listening today to our podcast. Because of what's happening in our nation with the coronavirus, we are glad that we have the technology that we can broadcast our sermons in this manner. Since we are not having live services at our church until April. So we are glad that you have tuned in and we hope these are a blessing to your life. regardless of the valleys and the trials that we may go through. And that's really been the, the theme of the message this last, uh, last week and t- today in the series titled, I Still Believe. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 1, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, we'll read there in just a moment. So we said last week we began the two-part sermon series, I Still Believe, and I hope you'll be able to go see the movie with us on March 13th, uh, as Pastor Phil talked about earlier. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if you like the movie, I can only imagine you will like this one. Last Sunday in sermon one of the series, we talked about responding to unanswered prayers, and we shared with you three practical ways that You can respond when we get uh, confused or frustrated or angry about the way God is responding or possibly not responding to us. How many of you ever felt like maybe God's not responding? Uh, Yeah, it should be every hand because we've all thought that at times. Like, why aren't you answering these prayers? But I know that the Lord hears and sees every prayer that we pray and, and works for our good, as Hezard just saying. Uh, When we find ourselves in these situations, we can choose to wait, as we talked about it. We can continue to walk, and we can continue to worship. That was the three points of the message last Sunday. Today, we're going to take uh, a look at it further, a step further, and talk about the vital ingredient that is needed in these responses and any other way we choose to respond to God as the people of God. And that vital ingredient is faith. Everybody say faith. It takes faith to wait. It takes faith to keep walking. And it takes faith to worship. So let's look at our text today from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. I'm going to read three verses out of Hebrews when actually the entire chapter is about faith. uh, People call Hebrews 11 the hall of faith. And so we're going to pick out three verses out of Hebrews, chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And then look at verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely 
seek him. And one more verse, verse 13. says, all these people died. It's talking about the different ones he's been talking about in Hebrews 11. All these people died still believing. Everybody say those two words, still believing. Still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. And I pray that as we look at this subject of still believing, even in the midst of our trials, Lord, that you would help us to have the faith and the confidence we need to continue waiting, walking, and worshiping you. We ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Yeah. How many of you have seen the movie? I don't remember which one of the Indiana Jones movies it is, but I remember when uh, Harrison Ford steps out like this, and it looks like he's stepping out on this giant chasm. What he can't see is the 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 see-through steps that are right before him. And sometimes that's the way we feel like when we step out in faith. We can't see the staircase. We can't even see the next step. But that's what faith is. Jesus said in, in John 16, 33, he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart or have faith. Because I have overcome the world. Last Monday, Erica Knight, whose husband Brandon is on staff at the bridge and formerly was on staff at the Oklahoma District as the media director, they had her funeral and honored her life at the bridge assembly of God in her memorial service. She had battled with cancer for five years. And I want to read to you the words that her husband, Brandon, posted to Facebook right after his wife passed away. This post is February the 1st at 5.04 a.m. And she has, he has the hashtag starting off, hashtag she won. But listen to what he wrote. It says, this morning at 1.15 a.m., my high school sweetheart, my beautiful wife and the best mom ever won her fight with cancer and entered heaven. Though we are grieving and we were not ready for this outcome, we are relieved that she is pain and cancer free. We are struggling to understand God's plan in all of this, but one thing remains, and listen to what he said, God is still God, God is still good, and God is still faithful. Now, friends, that's wonderful, marvelous faith right there. In the midst, four hours, not even four hours after his wife passes away, he says, God is still God. God is still good, and God is still faithful. I believe that's faith at its finest. Today, we're going to look at four more powerful examples of faith. Two of them come from the New Testament, and two of them are are from the lives of some extremely bold missionaries that I want to share with you. But before we jump into those stories, I want to share with you again the chorus from Jeremy Camp's song, Walk by Faith. 
In it, he sings, well, I will walk by faith even when I cannot see because this broken road prepares your will for me. Amen. There are some of you here today who you will hear these stories that we're going to tell in just a moment, and I pray that you will be encouraged by them because you are in your own valley of the shadow. The broken road that you are currently traveling is difficult, but God has a plan and God has a purpose for it, even if you can't see it right now. There are others of you today who will hear these stories and you'll be reminded of a difficult season that God brought you through in the past, that God has delivered you from. You'll say, oh yeah, I remember when I was walking that broken road. And there are others here today who you will someday, sooner or later, enter into a season that tests your faith. Nothing's really happening right now. Nothing cataclysmic or, or catastrophic or overwhelming is, is, is on you or your family right now. But there will come a day when I hope you'll remember back to some of the stories and some of the things that's been shared as we look at this series today. So first of all, story number one. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. You may remember last week we looked at Mark 5 and the story of who? Who did we look at in Mark 5 last week? Does anybody know or anybody remember? And I forgot to mark that. Remember a man and his daughter was dying? Does anybody remember his name? Jairus, that's right. Mark chapter 5. We remember as we looked at the story of Jairus, he was a synagogue ruler. And his 12-year-old daughter was very, very sick. And he went to Jesus and, and he told Jesus about what was going on. And Jesus said, yeah, I'll go with you. And we learned that Jairus had to keep walking with Jesus for quite some time before receiving the answer to his request. Today, we're going to look at the woman who interrupted Jesus as he walked with Jairus and the faith she had to exercise just to get to Jesus. So Mark 5, 25, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Now, that's a difficult situation to be in, isn't it? She's sick. She's seeing doctors. The doctors are not helping her. She's getting nowhere. In fact, she's getting worse. And to make matters worse, she has spent every dime she has. She can't afford to even see a doctor again. And how long has this been going on? Twelve years. She's out of options. Except somewhere, somehow, by someone, along the way, she hears about this man named Jesus. Aren't you glad you've heard about Jesus? She hears about Jesus, and she hears about his healings, and she hears about miracles, and she hears about things he's done. And, and she says, you know what? If I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the edge of his cloak, 
I believe I'll be healed. And she dared to believe with an unbelievable act of faith that changed her life. Look at verse 27 through 29. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. And later, Jesus told her, go in peace because your faith has made you whole. She experienced a miracle as the healing power of Christ flowed into her sick body. Her bold faith brought her a great blessing. And bold faith is what we need today. Bold faith to reach out and touch the Lord for whatever we may be going through, whether it's a physical sickness, whether it's a financial need, whether it's a lost loved one or a son or a daughter, whatever it is, reach out and touch the Lord today. Amen? He's not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Bold faith is also the subject of our next story, story number two. How many of you have ever heard of Brother Andrew? You've heard of Brother Andrew? Some of you have. Brother Andrew is a Christian missionary. He is actually about to turn 92 years old. He's still alive. He was the founder of Open Doors Ministry, a, a ministry that had as their mission to get Bibles into the hands of people in communist countries at the height of the Cold War. One of the most loved Brother Andrew's stories recounts a very risky incident from early in his ministry, and, and I want to share with, with you today is our second story of faith. Says on this particular occasion, Brother Andrew approached the Romanian border in his car, which was packed with illegal Bibles. He could only hope the border guards were moving swiftly and not paying much attention, which might allow him to pass undetected. But just as he was hoping this, Brother Andrew saw the guard stop the car at the front of the line. He watched in anticipation as the vehicle's owners were forced to take out all of the car's contents and spread them on the ground for inspection. Each car that followed received the same treatment, with the fourth car's inspection lasting the longest. The guards took a full hour to sift through it. They removed the hubcaps. They removed the seats out of the car and they even dismantled part of the motor. That's desperation trying to find something, huh? This is the car right in front of Brother Andrew. Dear Lord, Brother Andrew remembers praying, what am I going to do? As he prayed, a bold idea came to Brother Andrew. I know that no amount of cleverness on my part can get me through this border search. Dare I ask for a miracle? Let me take some of the Bibles out and leave them in the open where they will be seen. Yeah, I think, man, this is a crazy idea looking at it from the natural, isn't it? But that's the idea. I'm going to get some Bibles. I'm just going to lay them on the seat. 
putting the Bibles out in the open would be truly depending upon God rather than his own intelligence. So when the guards ushered Andrew forward, he did just this. I handed him my papers and started to get out, but the guard's knee was against the door holding it closed. And then the almost unbelievable happened. The guard looked at Brother Andrew's passport and abruptly waved him on. Surely 30 seconds had not passed. Brother Andrew started the engine and began pulling away, all the while wondering if he was going to have to pull the car over so it could be taken apart and examined. He says, I coasted forward and my foot poised, was poised above the brake. Nothing happened. I looked out the rear mirror. The guard was waving the next car to stop, indicating to the driver that he had to get out. Isn't that amazing? God cleared the way for Brother Andrew to get the Bibles to Christians who otherwise had no access to God's Word. Wow. That was a giant act of faith that could have had certain disaster. The striking boldness we've seen in our first two stories should remind us all that faith often requires a step into the unknown. Our next story illustrates this principle as well. Story number three. This story is found, as I have mentioned before, in one of my most favorite devotional books called Draw the Circle by Pastor Mark Batterson. It says, my friend Dr. George Wood has an amazing painting in his office of an African man standing on a high hillside overlooking the ocean. There's a large steamship on the horizon and a smaller canoe coming toward the shoreline. In this instance, the story is worth a thousand paintings. It symbolizes the importance of going before we're set or we're ready. In 1908, anybody alive in 1908? Let me see your hand. Okay. In 1908, newly commissioned missionaries John and Jesse Perkins were on board a steamship rounding the coast of Liberia. They knew God had called them to Africa, but like Abraham, they didn't know exactly where God wanted them to go. So they purchased tickets and they trusted God would tell them where to get off. Now, that's some faith, isn't it? Going to get on a boat with everything we have, and we don't know where we're getting off at, just wherever God tells us. How many of you would do that? <laughs> Brother Tony, all right. Tomorrow, you're leaving. No, no. <laughs> it would take great faith to do that, but that's exactly what they did. As the ship made its way around Garraway Point, they sensed the Holy Spirit was prompting them to get off the ship. Unknown to the Perkins, there was a young man living in the region named Jasper Toe. Everybody says that's a funny name. Jasper Toe. Say that with me. It's just so funny. Jasper Toe. I want you to remember this story because it's a great one. Jasper Toe. Some of you... Guys can go to school tomorrow. Hey, teacher, have you ever heard of Jasper Toe? See, give you an opportunity to witness to your teacher, Elliot. All right. Yeah. 
He was a God-fearing man who practiced the religious rituals passed down by his ancestors, but he had never heard the name of Jesus. One night, he looked into the night sky and prayed a simple prayer. If there is a God in heaven, help me find you. As Jasper stood under the stars, a voice he had never heard before spoke to him. Go to Garraway Beach. You will see a box on the water with smoke coming out of it. And from that box on the water will come some people in a small box. These people in this small box will tell me how you can find me. Wow. Now listen to this. Jasper Toe traveled seven days on foot to Garraway Beach. I would say he's pretty desperate to be obedient. Traveled seven days on foot to Garraway Beach, arriving on Christmas Day, 1908. From the shore, he saw a black box, a steamship, floating on the water with smoke coming out of it. And that is when John Perkins and his wife sensed the Holy Spirit saying, get off the ship here. This is where I want you to go. When they went to the captain of the ship and asked him to let them off the ship, he said, I can't let you off the boat here. This is cannibal country. People go in there and never come back. John Perkins insisted, God wants us to get off the boat. The captain brought the steamship to a halt, and the Perkinses were placed in a mammy chair that swung over the side of the ship. They got into a canoe along with all of their belongings and they rowed to shore in that little box. When they got to the shore, guess who was waiting on them? Jasper Toe was waiting to welcome them. He motioned for them to follow him and they did. They could not speak each other's language. But the Perkins followed Jasper Toe all the way back to his village. Remember, it took him seven days on foot to get there, so they had to travel a long ways. They eventually learned the language of the people there. They started the first church in that village. And guess who was their first convert? Jasper Toe. Those who knew Jasper Toe described him as one of the godliest men they had ever met. And his legacy is the hundreds of churches he helped establish in the country of Liberia. What if the Perkins had ignored the prompting of the Holy Spirit? What if they had dismissed that God idea as a bad idea? What if they had asked why instead of asking why not? What if they had decided to play it safe and stay on the ship? I'm sure God could have intervened another way, and I would like to think he would have. But who can calculate the opportunity cost when we ignore the promptings of the Spirit, thereby missing divine appointments? Faith is not faith until it is acted on. Let me say that again. Faith is not faith until it is acted on. If you're looking for excuses, you'll always find one. We never know what's on the other side of our obedience. Amen? 
We never know the miracles God has on the other side of our obedience. Our last story from the pages of the New Testament emphasized the persistence of one who has nothing to lose and everything to gain. Look with me at Luke chapter 18. In Luke 18, we find the parable of the persistent widow. Let's look at what Jesus said. Luke 18, 1 through 8. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. That's almost funny to read that. Jesus said it, not me, but he was making a point. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson. Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. Then Jesus asked a pretty somber question, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? How many will the Lord find on earth who have faith? We don't pray to an unjust judge. We pray to a righteous father. That's the question we ha still have to wrestle with, isn't it? When Jesus comes again, will he find faith on the earth? In our city? In our church? In you? In me? Can he find faith? Life is quite a journey, isn't it? It takes strength, it takes encouragement, and faith. And I think that's one of the reasons the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. He says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I hope and pray that these stories that I have shared with you are an encouragement to you. I hope you remember the story of the lady who pushed her way through the crowd just to lay hold of Jesus' garment. I hope you remember the story of Brother Andrew as he 
tried to do God's will to get the word of God in countries and acted boldly even in the midst of what would seemingly to be a dumb thing to do. Hope you remember about the Perkins and Jasper Toe and how the Lord used these who displayed awesome faith to do a great work. And I hope you remember the story of the persistent widow who kept knocking, who kept asking, who kept knocking and begging. For Jesus says this is what he's looking for, people who will pray, people who will not give up. We actually have one more story to share together, and that's the story of Jeremy Camp called I Still Believe. While I don't want to give anything of the movie away like I almost kind of did last week with Kelly there on the front seat, we were talking and I kind of gave some of it away. I do think it would be appropriate to share with you just one line from the song that he wrote conveniently called I Still Believe. You see, in the midst of his own frustration, confusion, and sadness, Jeremy Camp wrote this as the last line of the chorus. And this is what he wrote in the song, I Still Believe. Even when I don't see, I still believe. Even when it doesn't look clear, even when I can't figure it out, even when it makes no sense, I still believe. That's what Brandon Knight said when his wife passed away. God is good. God is faithful. We're going on. I don't care if he didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to. I know that Erica is in heaven today and she has won. I know in praying for Phyllis, Rindy's sister, we were hoping she would get well, but today Phyllis has won. She's having quite a reunion with her daddy. Friends, as believers, you don't lose either way. You don't lose. If you have Christ in your heart, heaven is what you're waiting for, what you're looking for, what you're expecting. Yes, we would love to see our loved ones longer on earth if they're going through an illness. Yes, we would like to see them healed, and many times we do, and Jesus tells us to pray for them, to continue to pray for them. But ultimately, we leave it to the hand of our Savior. Just as we prayed for this time last year, Tony. Man, if anybody got prayed for, Tony Keller got prayed for. Continually, day after day after day. How many of you would, agree, would say with me there are times that God does something with some different ways that you probably would do differently? There's been many people I said, Lord, I don't understand that. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Lord, I wouldn't have taken that person. I wouldn't have healed them. But you know what? God's ways are not my ways. And Maria... Wanda's sister and others. Betsy. We don't lose. In the midst of life, storms when things aren't making sense and you don't know how to respond to the ways of God and to the way he seemingly may be responding to you, will you wait on him? Will you trust in him regardless? 
Will you keep walking with him? I don't understand it, but I'm sure not going to turn around. I'm going to keep walking. Is that your desire? I'm going to keep walking regardless? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep walking. And by all means, I'm going to keep worshiping. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. You are worthy. You are my Savior, my King, and my God. I love you, Jesus. That's worship. Regardless of what happens. Will you step out in faith today and say, yes, Lord, just like we sang this morning. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Every one of those songs that I led this morning had to do with this message. If you think about it. Yes, Lord. Victory in Jesus. My life is in you, Lord. And I sing praises and I give you glory. And Lord, what I really want is a closer walk with you. Help me to walk closer to you. And one day as I'm walking with the Lord, he's going to say, hey, you're closer to my house than yours. Let's just let me take you on home. Not that I'm looking for that today, you know. You know, but you know what? I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready should the Savior call today? Can you say that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know? If I died today, I'd go to heaven. Can you say that? Can you say, I don't care what happens to me. I still believe. I'm going forward with Jesus. I'm going onward with my Savior. One last, <clears throat> one last scripture. First Peter chapter one, verses three through nine. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until, everybody say until, until God is protecting you by his power, until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last days for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Amen? Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. I want you to watch a video. How many have heard of David Phelps? David sings with the Gaither Vocal Band. 
And I just, I wasn't planning. This just didn't become a part of the message till just before Sunday school this morning as I heard this song. And I thought, you know what? This is how I want to end the series today. Of until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy, I'll carry on. Until the day my eyes behold that city. Until then. Listen as David Phelps sings us this morning. Much we appreciate him being here. Come on, put He's singing at the together. Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Brooklyn Tab. Uh, praise God. Until the day he calls me home, my heart will go on singing, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that no matter what we face, Lord, no matter the death of a loved one or a spouse or a child or a parent, no matter, Father God, the, the assignment you tell us that may be very dangerous, Lord, whatever it is, Father God, that we face, or maybe just the faith to get up when we'd rather not every day because we're feeling so discouraged. Lord, I just pray, God, that faith will arise in our hearts. The faith will arise to still believe, regardless of what happens, to still believe, to still trust you, to still follow you, to walk with you, to wait on you, to worship you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray right now, Father God, that you would just touch hearts this morning. Lord, I just pray that you would just minister to each and every one of us right now, Lord God. If there's someone here today, God, that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that right now, Jesus, that you would speak to their heart, that you would just tell them sweetly and tenderly how much you love them, how much you care for them, how much you have a plan and a purpose for their life. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that there's victory in you, there's healing in you, there's power in your name. We praise and we magnify you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I'm just going to open these altars this morning. If you need special prayer this morning, we'd love to pray with you. If you need salvation, find Pastor Phil or I or any one of our prayer team members that are coming right now. We will pray with you. We will believe with you. If you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for anything in your life this is that moment but believe by faith believe by faith that god has his hand upon you he sees you he knows what's happening in your life we thank you Lord.